0: Welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. I'm Timothy Saylor, and I'm going to be your host this evening as we sound out the subconscious, navigate the nocturnal, and explore the farthest reaches of our experience. Coming at you from the back of an 86 Dodge Ram van on the rolling foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in the great forest deep in the heart of the Kali Yuga. This is Radio for the hauntological turn. And welcome back, Nightbirds. It's great to have you back, and it's great to be back. I've got a great episode for you this evening. I had the pleasure of speaking with Marissa Gambaruti. Marissa is one of my favorite people to talk to. She's an angel magician. She reads tarot and practices geomancy. And she's not only in training to be a somatic sex educator, but she's also in training to be a badass ancestor. We talked about angels and angelic communication, death and overcoming the fear of it, and our bodies as reservoirs of ancestral knowledge. We talked about the nature of the archons, how to resist them without becoming one, and using gratitude and reality shifting to become free of the black iron prison, and so much more. Marissa also shared with me about the fortuitous events that led to her starting her Twitch stream at Planet Destroyer 54, where you can find her practicing divination for the people of the internet. I had a great time talking with Marissa, and I hope you enjoy it as well. So without further ado, let's fly. Marissa Gambaruti, welcome to the Nightbird Radio Podcast. How are you doing?
1: Excellent. I'm doing excellent. I just realized that it's called night bird and birds, birds are everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're dealing with those angels.
1: Yes, definitely. And
0: I've had a lot of them just bird sinks recently too anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been getting uh, a bunch of turkeys in my front yard. I've had like a bunch of turkey feathers just show up in my front yard. I didn't realize that feathers were a thing until um, I was hanging out with uh, Tim, other Tim,
0: and he's like, "Yeah, yeah I Tim, get feathers." Tim, I'm like,
1: "Oh, you... yeah." I'm like, "Now I get feathers all the time on the ground, just out of nowhere."
0: That's interesting. See, I got, I was getting a lot of them. Okay, I think I ignored the angels for a long time, right? Or like. Mm-hmm like intentionally um, avoided. I don't think you can. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Any more than you can avoid like the air around you or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They seem to be, and I think they were talking about this on Reverend Janglebone's podcast, like, like some sort of structure of part of the structure of reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's yeah your they're the, the B
1: of the universe that's how when they explained it to me they're like we are Ings that be.
0: oh yeah you told me that, that they blows like broke my mind. down
1: they broke down the word being and put like a little dash in between it and switched and it around that's the,
0: that. the kind of stuff that they say where I'm like yeah that's not me I'm not that smart <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't know. I wonder too. Do you think that talking to angels makes you like more psychic? That's a loaded question, but
1: yeah. What's your experience Um, there? My experience there is that there was a lot of practice in listening to the different voices that come through. and so, kind of being able to tune into like the angel voice that runs through um, I think contributes to being psychic just because like they know what's going on, but it's the it's the choice in listening to them that leads to the being psychic because there are times where I will hear something, um ignore it, and then, it happens the way that they said it was going to happen. And I get this little like, see, we were right. And so trying to make it like a moment of celebration, like if you had listened, you would have been right. Isn't that wonderful? But you didn't. So you're here, but that's okay too.
0: Yeah. So that's a good point. I think, yeah, like the practice of following that intuition, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Big.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh.
1: Uh, a well a big a big part of my practice with them is they keep emphasizing that in order for any of it to work, quote unquote it there has to be an allowing. and they're like, you're the only thing that's getting in your way. like you can have everything that you have ever wanted. All you have to do is allow yourself to have
0: it. That's the hardest part though
1: it is it's the hardest part. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because I think what, what I've been kind of thinking about, and like I have suspected the influence of angels in this thought process, not only because it's like they're jamming it in my, like, bashing me over the head with it, for lack of a better like way of putting it. Like, <laughs> maybe they're flapping it into my head. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: but like, of, um, yeah, like, I think that we, like, I can speak for myself, at least, and say that I think I've magicked myself with these thoughts over a long period of time and it's not my fault it's just whatever conditioning uh, Mm -hmm. a a lot of different trauma and whatever Mm -hmm. um have magicked myself into a box and it's simply the act of like stepping out of it
1: Mm -hmm. yep
0: and they'll say things like you have everything that you need right now. Like you won't ever need anything. You have it all right now. You have every gift mm-hmm. for, like, and, but they also stress the idea that, yeah, like you said, like there has to be, like, you have to ask for it too. Like you have to call, mm-hmm. yeah. call, call it into your life. And yeah. I think that like, that's about freedom, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I also think that the question is the allowing it into Mm -hmm. your life. Like when you ask, that is the allow.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, so just the act of asking for it just makes it because, Mm -hmm. wow.
1: Yeah, I get the image of them like standing at a doorway and they're like, just ask the question. If you ask the question, we could come in. All you have to do is ask and we'll do everything else. Yeah. Just ask the question. (laughs) So
0: that makes sense as to why like calling them is so because I won't go into like the, we both are, you know, have used the same tech or the same, uh, ritual. And mm-hmm. it's, I, well, I'll say it's from Gordon White's, um, rune suit premium membership. If anyone is interested, check it out there. I can't really share it because it's not mine to share, but mm-hmm. it seems to be that it's really easy to call them in. Like, yeah. And, and then once I call them in, like there's certain beings that I've tried to speak to where it was like, okay, like where are you at? Are you here? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. This is definitely like beep, beep, beep on the other end. Of the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, busy or something. Yep. But for them, it, that's not my experience at all. A lot of the time, they will start talking before I've even asked a question. Yep.
1: Yeah. The um the emphasis that they they place that emphasis on me because I started getting really in my head during the walk about like asking too much or bothering them and they're like you literally cannot bother us and when you call to angels like the um when you place the angels around you and say about me all angels it's not a calling in of angels from another place for them to come to you it's a recognition that they're already always there
0: yeah taking your place in what mm-hmm. already is and
1: so it's not for them it's for you yeah. You have to realize that they're already there,
0: and then the, in doing that, like the more that's done, the more it—it's uh, cool. It's like a self, it's mm-hmm. like a feedback loop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Have you? Okay, let me ask you this: In the experience of getting to know these beings. do you think that this is your first like (laughs) intro to them, you know, or do you feel like go go ahead? I'm not going to try to lead you too much with that. Like,
1: um, yeah, yeah. I, I, since they, (laughs) time is not experienced the same way for them as it is for us. So throughout the walk, um, there were different points where I was kind of shown different parts of my life that I am not remembering the specifics of where they were kind of like, we were here and then we were here and then we were here. We were here that one time you did a bunch of acid. We were here. We were here. <laughs> yeah Um, and, uh, I got something from them where they said that my grandmothers spoke to angels, which like, what do grandmothers look like to angels and, like, what do they try to communicate? I'm like, okay, like, legitimately, like, up one of my lines, which, I mean, makes sense. There's so many angel magicians in the history of humans. Like, we're not the first humans to talk to angels. Um, I'm like, are you talking about the women who talk to the Watchers? Like, what? what does grandmother mean in this instance? But I'm like, okay, cool. But I don't think it's the first time that I don't think it's the first time that I have spoken to angels because I think it's a thing that humans always do that we just have to remember.
0: Yeah, it's one of those... Um, it's like the human starter pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like angels, ancestors, or veneration of the dead. goes hand in hand. And... Um, yeah. Like house stuff. Like protection.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. There's a lot of things I think that we do, and I think that you know, even trying to make that starter pack is just a funny kind of like exercise because, yeah. Oh shit! There's a lot that's been stolen from. Yeah, people.
1: yeah. Like I would throw uh, bodies in there. Just like knowing how to be in a body oh, is yeah. something that we've forgotten how to do.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this made it into the episode with Beverly. But I'll share it now. Um when I first started doing like Reiki and I was doing body scanning stuff and like body gratitude practice, like
2: mm-hmm.
0: the first couple I mean it might have been the first like three or four times, but the first couple times that I did it, just like doing that and well just like opening not opening a connection because that's always there, but like you know what I mean? It's hard to put into words, but just allowing that space for that like gratitude and 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 recognition of like what my body does for me. Like I just hadn't ever done it before. So I just mm-hmm. started immediately crying. It was just like an hour of just like and good tears, right? Like but mm-hmm. just like bawling basically. Um yeah, really powerful. But really like I I think cuz so much builds up. I don't know. Like Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we hold a ton of grief in our bodies, not just from our lifetimes, but from our ancestors' lifetimes cuz we're not the first generation of people to be so estranged from our bodies.
0: Right. And to be estranged like Yeah, and so being estranged from our bodies is also being estranged from our ancestors.
1: Mhm. Yeah, because they are our body.
0: Right, like they gave it to us. mm mm-hmm.
1: um, Yeah, the, um, the somatic sex education stuff that I got into, that was my first kind of exposure to that kind of uh, body gratitude relationship. And it's specifically focused around, uh, like, the pleasure of the body and having the body be a center not only for, like, Being embodied and like you do your work with your body, but like you play with your body and you like pleasure with your body, and that's such a big part of being a human being. Like when Gordon is talking about how humans are the earring of the universe, like we're the beauty and the pleasure and the joy. And if we weren't, then it wouldn't be so like it wouldn't feel so right when we were in a state of ecstasy or pleasure, and we've been mindfucked into thinking that it's not supposed to feel that good to be alive, but it is supposed to feel that good to be alive, and that's why it feels so right when um uh, when we're in that state. Or that's how I've experienced it. It feels real right when I'm in that state.
0: Yeah, that mindfuck of like of the nastiness of existence or like the nastiness of being a living being mm-hmm. like is super arconic yeah i think that's the corner like one of the cornerstones of the arconic um the arconic aesthetic (laughs) (laughs) ew that's gross man like yeah (laughs) and yeah i i definitely like fell into that too
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's really easy to that was that was actually a big part of my um That was part of my angel walk. Is that the angels ended up, the angels and the BVM kind of colluded together and introduced me to Babylon. And she was big in like that sinking into the like lust of the filth of being a human being and just like loving the disgustingness of being in a body. And it was just like, real real weird meditations came out of that but they were really good for me (laughs) oh
0: that's cool i i'd like to hear more about the angels conspiring with the bvm to introduce you to babylon
1: Mm -hmm. um well they they eventually started to refer to themselves as pieces of the mother they're like we are also her children and then and like we have uh mary queen of angels and mary queen of heaven and um when i read the red goddess Peter Gray also refers to Babylon as the Queen of Angels. And there's this whole thing about how, um, when Dee and Kelly were doing their angelic workings, it led to Babylon. So the Shem started being like, we lead to the mother. I'm like, oh shit, okay, where are you guys taking me? Um, But as she started showing up and she started showing up with the BVM as well, and there was kind of this communication that was happening between them where Mary very much wanted to be recognized as in relationship with Babylon. She's like, we are together. We are not like jealous or separate from each other. Like we are all part of the mother and the angels are her children as well. And like just big mom vibes came out of the, um, came out of the walk.
0: Very cool. That always makes me go Gnostic too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, yeah, these are all currents that have been like washed out of like mainstream Christianity. And so I wanted you to speak a little bit on um, we had talked about you kind of engaging with the angels and and kind of um, removing it as much as you could from a Christian context. Did you mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Um, yeah, that was something that I was led by them to do as well. Uh, that was something that I actually, that was one of the the entries that I was just looking at last night from the walk. Um, I asked them what they thought of Christianity. And they said that it is one way to know them. It's like a language. They're like, it's one of the most common ways that people have known us, but it's not the only way to know us. And so I I like really, I really liked the prayers that were part of the the ritual, but they started having me, they're like, Don't say the prayers, don't say this. And they were just taking pieces away from the ritual. I think is It was also an emphasis on just how close they were. Like, I didn't have to, like, go searching for them. They were just here. Um, And so they had me remove all of the Christian before stuff, all of the prayers, and just call them in by tracing out the seal and their name. And then just start writing. And sometimes they would still have imagery come in like the Lord and the Lady, but then they'd also talk about grandmother and grandfather. Um sometimes little like snippets of other prayers would come in. But I think the emphasis is that it's like you don't have to know them as like cherubs. And because they they can show up like that, but they're like what the universe is constructed out of. So they're like, we're way weirder than we than you think that we are. And and I got really excited about that too. Like I could feel in my body when they said that they were really weird and started like showing me their like shapes and how they could move through me with different feelings and like colors and stuff. I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is cool. Let's keep doing this.
0: Yeah, they are really weird. They're absurd at times. That's why I like that um help me out with the name of that album.
1: Oh, the the Laura Arbach, I think that's Yeah, you. I just wanted to
0: give credit. That's, um, that's the... Yeah, mm-hmm. Laura Auerbach. And the... seventy. Is it called 72 Angels?
1: It's called 72 Angels, yeah. But the Netherlands Chamber Choir.
0: It's really good. And um, I enjoy the absurdity of it at times. Like... Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's the correct term for musically, like what I'm trying to describe. But that's just how I understand that. It's like... Uh, there's an otherworldly, like, almost a Lynchian vibe to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I I get that from them. um, And and those moments are when I really know that, like, I'm I'm getting the main line. And not that I'm, you know, not that it's difficult to, but when I'm like, okay, yeah, this is definitely like I'm seeing something um that's much bigger than I am, can imagine mm-hmm. yeah and they say um pretty blasphemous stuff sometimes like mm-hmm. things like you know you are what we cry holy 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 about like you know mm-hmm. which yeah that makes sense to me that tracks like like you were saying the the ear the well, you know, there that even... It, it, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, having a conversation with myself at this moment, trying to say what I'm trying to say. Oh, I love it.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so you have the story of... The, the Christian story of God creating um, the humans and then asking the angels or commanding the angels. I don't know what God does, like, probably commands <laughs> the angels. <laughs> To bow before them, right? hmm And I wonder, you know, if you kind of jailbreak that, if that kind of fits.
1: The way that Michael, Michael Sandler, who's like, he was one of the he was one of the big angel dudes that I was listening to while I was walking. Um, he says that angels look at us like we're crazy for coming down here. They're like, what the Hell, you picked to be in a body. That's so weird. And that's like <laughs> they're like fascinated with the disgustingness of being a human too. They're like, what is even going on with that? And then um, what what they've also told me is they're like, why aren't you being in pleasure with your body? Like they're like, don't you know how beautiful you look when you're having an orgasm? You're like a rainbow, dude. Like do that more. That's beautiful. Which that was yeah, not that, something I was expecting from angels. Like the first thing they come through, like first angel, they're like, "You should be having more sex." I'm like, "What? Okay, that's just not what I was expecting yeah, from hell angels." Yeah. Not, but I'm here for it. <laughs> not gonna
0: argue with that. Um, <laughs> that's interesting because yeah, I like that a lot. So that tracks too with some stuff they've said about like calling them into every experience that you can remember to do that for, like. Mm-hmm. Pain, joy, pleasure, disgust, um, you know, just aggravation, uh, resentment, mm-hmm. um, gratitude, just every like if you every time you are experiencing anything, which is all the time, if you yeah. can remember it, call us into that because um, the way they put it was super weird. Um, it is ours to transmute that into frozen fire which Hmm. is you know just kind of an example of their poetry too it's like yeah yeah i don't know what that means but i i dig it
1: it's a good one to meditate on like so much of the stuff they say and you're like oh oh i get what that means now i got it yeah
0: (laughs) well yeah and that's i wonder too how much of like it's like drinking from a fire hose right yeah and I wonder how much is just going over my head too because like they'll just every little thing that they'll do. So the process for me is like this. I picture the angel. Or I you know, I just let myself see the angel. I whatever the mm-hmm. angel looks like. Sometimes it looks like the picture on the card. Sometimes mm-hmm. it immediately looks so like something completely different, right? And then like they'll start to do stuff. And then like I'll describe that and then I'll know like when it's time to just start writing. So it is like, there's an aspect of journeying to it and automatic writing, like mm-hmm. channeling meditation, um, all that. Yeah. And yeah,
1: that's how I experienced them as well.
0: Yeah. Like so you got visuals too. Automatic
1: writing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Cool. And like, and so that's been a really good, like, and this might go back to what you were saying too about the act of listening to them helps you to like hone your psychic abilities because doing all that at once, there's no way yeah. that doesn't hone your psychic <laughs> abilities, right? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did want to talk about um, the interesting kind of connection between angels and ancestors. We mentioned it briefly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What? Um, what have you gleaned about that connection? And I, and I will preface this by saying, it is interesting to me that in many cultures there is the idea that you can become an angel, right? Like mm-hmm. even if you just take the cartoon image of that, where like you know, like Wiley e. Coyote or, or Tom—I like, don't know who it is—but they die and immediately like are playing a harp and floating into heaven. Mm-hmm. That's an Im- that's an archetype, like where
1: yeah, um. Well, I started started thinking about that, especially when they said that they are the children of the mother and we're all the children of the mother. And I was kind of like, okay, so where do you guys end and ancestors start then if we're all her children? And I I think like a lot of these things, it's for our sake, the differentiation. Mm, Yeah. Um, but like, also, I mean, the the like various levels of like well and unwell ancestor, I think, are a very real thing, and I can I I can feel the difference when I'm communicating with them. But now I'm wondering how much of that has to do with being a body, and how much of that has to do with it being something about the universe. Because that's a that's a tangent from uh, the question.
0: No, but it's a good point but yeah continue if you if you if you would
1: because well yeah i i remember there was one point where there was in the walk where there wasn't there wasn't really a difference and it was kind of all of them were just together all at once and it was like being able to call the universe the one is for the sake of just being able to have something to call it, but at all times it is many and one and just constantly going and moving at all times. So, yeah, I think like
0: a swirling ocean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The they would always show me like a partner dance. It's just a dance that we're
0: always doing with each other. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cause you could be forgiven for taking a lot of what they say as like it's very, um, it's very zen Mm -hmm. and almost I don't know how much of that is just my right like and that's part of the the experience is that I am filtering these transmissions from celestial beings through my experiences in a body right so like Mm -hmm when they speak to me and I tell you what they said, we just got mixed up together. Like mm-hmm. we just became one. And then you hear that and it goes through you. And that's like that dance, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's really interesting. And that's like, cause they, they call us their ch- or they, and when I, you know, the things they say to me, they'll call us their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also wonder, you know, too, about the watchers. Cause I've had, okay, I'm again going on tangents, but like, I've had dreams where the angels were like, and this is before I even, this is why like I was ignoring them, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> where they were like, do magic with us. Like, do, ma- like, let's do magic together. Like, we want to do rituals with you. And I was like, you want to do it with me? Like, I thought I was going to, supposed to do them to you. You know what I mean? Like, no, mm-hmm. no, this is yeah. like a, a partnership kind of thing. And um, mm-hmm. so it's like a lineage almost right like because how much have they oh, it's hard to say how much of this material experience is uh influenced by them, right mm-hmm. <laughs> like
1: yeah well I think I mean all all of it, yeah if so, they're <laughs> if they're like all of the universe then that we just get to talk to, then,
0: all of it. Right, so it's all downstream in a way from them, which is what like where mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting at like as us being there like we're their descendants mm-hmm. in that yeah. sense. Um Yeah, that
1: makes
0: sense to me. But the idea of angelic mind is a question I've been enjoying asking them about. Cuz mm-hmm. at first it's funny when I started it my first initial intention was and I asked both of these questions cuz why not, right? Like I got you on the line. <laughs> my initial intention was like, okay, I'm gonna do um like find my highest good, how to manifest my highest good, right? Mm-hmm. And of course these things are all like together anyway. Mm-hmm. But like the more and more like I've been really enjoying asking them about angelic mind. What um what is that to you? Like what is your understanding at this moment at, at this time of angelic mind?
1: Um I can feel I can feel like a rifling through my head trying to remember something that they've said to me because it, it always is so much more eloquent when they say it. Of course. Um <laughs> but when when I asked them about angelic mind, they started showing me uh hexagons everywhere. <laughs> and they would have me just start out like draw a circle and then draw a line and draw a circle and like kind of connect them all together and have them kind of like branch out. Um And uh, so angelic mind is the like the web that is woven between each of us as human beings and then every single being that's uh, like being in the universe but they specifically would identify themselves as the relationship between the two things so they're the spinning that's happening between the two nodes they're the spaces in between. They're the relationality that's happening between people and trees and everything that's going on. So um and I uh I've been in polyamorous relationships and they use that as kind of like a model as well. They're just like the way that you're all connected together. And then they used rune soup as a model as well kind of like the field that comes from like One super being connected to another super just by nature of being in Rune Soup, And this was something that they pushed on me like big time, was the ability to create a field just by praying for someone that is in a different location on the earth. Just our act of praying for them creates this like line of connection, this like golden line of connection that connects all of us all over the world. And if you do that enough, you get this whole big woven field around the earth of just like prayer. And
0: peace. That's beautiful. I like that a lot. I that makes me think of mycelium to mm-hmm. like the Yeah. Hmm.
1: And there's a whole thing about mushroom spores coming from space. So I mean <laughs> Yeah, totally. Right, right. <laughs> Where do mushrooms end and angels begin? <laughs>
0: Anyway, but yeah, the spirals definitely get that. Mm -hmm. Like they like to look like they're spinning around and stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: which I'm sure they are. And to tell you that, like you, I, we look the same actually, but Mm -hmm. like our energy, body, like looks like they look.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're like we're the same thing. Both of us are many of one.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, they do say that too. Yeah. Okay, so now that I've picked your brain a little bit about angels, I know we did that for quite some time, but I really wanted to talk about that. Uh, I want to ask you, what were you afraid of as a kid?
1: Well, uh, I was absolutely terrified of dying. Mm. Yeah. And I was thinking about this a little bit and I think it was the like materialist metaphysics that I was a I was afraid of not existing. Yeah. Like I would get this I would just get this like terror would just fill my body at the thought of just like like bleeping out of existence. It didn't make sense to me. So a big part of my um magical path it began with like trying to figure out what the heck happens after we die. And that um I there was a hesitancy around the comfort of the idea of a spirit world because it felt so good and so right, and I had been so terrified of death for so long that it was like, I don't know if I could trust this wonderful, beautiful thing to be true. Um. But yeah, so it was. I was. A, I was afraid of myself dying. I was afraid of other people dying, and I would just get into these like. Uh, I would think my way into panic attacks because I would just kind of feel it unfold all the way back up behind me to like just not existing anymore. And I couldn't wrap my head around the concept of not existing. And so I would just fear would rush through my body.
0: It's interesting too because I wonder, and I'm only just thinking about this, listening to you, but I have that had that same experience. Like when I spent my time in atheism and it was just like, just awful. (laughs) I was just miserable. (laughs) <laughs> um, i wonder if that is a fear because it's not a natural state of being like not existing yeah. isn't a thing that you can do yeah and so yeah, that like makes a lot of sense being told that well, that's going to happen to us is like it is anti like everything that we know to be true so, at some level about existence it's mm-hmm. also just i don't know it is terrifying like that was a big problem for me um and it coincided with like the worst years of my life in terms of health mental well-being it mm-hmm. just I, it, I i mean i'm not like whatever people can believe what they want i really don't care but it's just it's interesting that those things should coincide for me yeah um definitely Okay. So what's your relationship with that now? Uh, with the idea of dying?
1: Uh, now it's now I'm like determined to become like a dope ancestor. Like that's the thing. I'm like, if I'm, uh, if I'm going to die, like I'm going to do it the right way. Now I'm, now I'm in this part where I like, I want to live a life worthy of dying because I've had different, uh, I've had a couple of psychedelic experiences where I still have that fear of death pop up, but it's not so much a fear of the death process. It's a fear of, Oh my gosh, I didn't do everything that I wanted to do. And this idea that I am trying to live with now is the idea that you're in my entire life is my death. So if my entire life is lived well, then I will die a good death. And so I have this, uh, line that sometimes runs through my head it's like may i live a life worthy of my death and may i die a death worthy of my life that's kind of a prayer that i have now my oh fuck am i gonna do that (laughs) just keep praying for it
0: (laughs) that's really good that's really good yeah the reason i like to ask this question is because i really like and the more i ask it of people the more it seems like what we're afraid of when we're kids is really important to the journey of our life. And the Mm -hmm. relationship that we take to those things are often like it becomes a power. Not always. It doesn't, and it doesn't have to, and I can suffer a lot if I want to, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. And sometimes (laughs) I've been dead set on doing that before. Um, (laughs) Yep you like, know no, damn like, it, i'm gonna
2: suffer
0: <laughs> that's part of freedom right is that we have the freedom to like if i want to <sighs> waste isn't a good word because i don't think anything is ever wasted but
2: Mm-mm.
0: if i want to make this experience I, it, it's just it is whatever i want it to be mm-hmm. it is whatever i want it to be and and so if it is a certain way then <laughs> on some level I want it to be that. And that's not to like yep. blame the victim or anything. There is a chicken and the egg thing going on, right? Because time is yeah.
1: not Yeah. I think that's one of the things that comes with having it's a it's a perspective shift. And it's one of those things that like you'll you can hear it and you can uh feel like a sense of like agency rush through you and like a sense of power rush through you or you can feel it and you can feel terrified buy it and be like no I, I don't like that but um, yeah I get like my spirit team will roll their eyes at me sometimes and be like you can make this as difficult as you want for yourself my love we'll be here when you'd like it to be easier <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely yeah especially ancestors too like because yep. <laughs> they, they just know We've Yeah, have been there um Yeah, okay. So what do you think death even is?
2: Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
1: hmm. It's like a It feels like it's almost one of the like joys of being a human because when I sit down to think about it like the whole like living a life worthy of death then the whole dying process is just like ecstatic at that point like you just you get to just be in this ecstatic process of unbecoming and becoming something new and so it's exciting and like a gift um and i think that since we forgot about that it's like terrifying but like i have this uh I've heard of, I was briefly introduced somewhere, I have no idea where, but this process of, like, a, like, tantric death doula, I think it would be a, a name for it, but it's, like, ecstatic tantric massage of a dying body to, like, get you in that state of, like, like, pleasure and fun, like, have fun dying, <laughs> That's that's so much of what has come through for like the walk and like everything. It's like, just have fun, dude, play the game, like enjoy yourself with everything that you're doing as much as you can.
0: Play the game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. I get that too. Yeah. Yeah, So I I guess
1: an ecstatic unbecoming. (laughs) I like that.
0: I (laughs) I think, yeah. And uh, I'm just following the thread of what you're saying too is, um, it is birth Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because if it is, if it is un, if you can't separate it from the process of living, then you also can't like, it's all one thing. And, you know, obviously like you can phrase this however you want. And it would be hard to argue with the fact that like, it is what we are here to do because it's the one thing that we will all do. Like we Mm -hmm. all will do it.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. Um, and I think I, there's a part, and I've, I said this kind of, It just popped into my mouth in that one of the episodes with Sharif and Mo, but I've been thinking about it ever since. When I think of the Watchers, so we can go. We're going back to Angels again, (laughs) because it's hard not to. Um, had offspring with human women, which meant that they were fully aware that they like they wanted their descendants to experience death. Mm-hmm. they wanted that like because you would have to know that you're a watcher mm-hmm. and so the gift is a, like it being a gift it is an end it is the envy of the universe mm-hmm. the gift of death
2: yeah that's so metal
0: fuck yeah, yeah. hell yeah <laughs> because what, okay so what like requirement to be a saint
2: mm-hmm.
0: you gotta die requirement yep. to be an ancestor you, you gotta, gotta die
2: yeah
0: it is like this it is um it's initiation
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, oh yeah definitely uh, yeah and i can be initiated kicking and screaming which i have been or i can be initiated like yeah, let's fucking do this. Which I've also been, yeah, you know,
1: like a full surrender, and it feels right. really, like I think that any kind of like surrendering, um, meditation or like is surrendering to like a, a dance practice or any kind of like right. Well, I this just is coming through. It's like a it's a total surrender to your body mm. because. You can't fight your body on the way out of death like it's going to die either way and you can either surrender to it or you can go with it and flow. Yeah. Flow with it cuz it it is it's a body thing. Like dying is a body thing that's happening. Right. That's interesting. So like yeah, any kind of body-based practice would definitely could be seen as like a death practice, like a surrendering to your body.
0: Oh, wow. I really like that.
1: Yeah, that just clicked
0: something for me, too. So
1: I like that when it's like, I don't even know what's going to come out of my
0: mouth. We're oh, yeah, both
1: experiencing the, this at the same time.
0: <laughs> it's the best, actually. It's actually, when I say the best stuff, if I think about it too much, mm-hmm. I just end up being like... that."
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, okay, because you got me thinking about death meditation, but then we just jumped that completely. 'Cause like in that if, if you know, in that case, every meditation is the act a of death like meditation. dying before yeah. you die.
2: Yeah. Wow.
0: I'm gonna have to think about that a lot. Yeah. I'm gonna sit with that one. <laughs> um and you you have um from what we've talked about before in the past. You have a regular embodied like movement practice?
1: I I I do. I uh I have been getting back into that because I fell off of it for a while and surprise, surprise, body got pretty sick. <laughs> and mm, so right. gotta gotta get back into it. Um uh yeah, I had a I had a, a fixed a fixed star reading with Amaya Rourke the other day. And that was like a big thing. And I was even sitting there, I'm like, I'm happy to do this work like with my ancestors and the stars. I just want them to tell me what to do. She's like They are telling you what to do. They told you you need to go dance more, dude. Like, (laughs) okay, yeah, you're right. That's good. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I do. I do now. I'm going to say that. I am someone who has a regular embodied practice. Now I'll actually do it. I'll
0: keep doing it. (laughs) So when that's really, when you're really in the zone with that, when you're like tranced out. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you describe your experience there at all? Share that.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, what I've experienced is actually a, a, a lot of what I experience is said significantly more eloquently by Alkistis Demek. She has a lot of writing on dance uh, that just it makes my body hum when I hear her talk about it or when I read her stuff. Um but it's like a a total like openness like my my entire body feels extremely open and allowing what is all around me already to flow through me while at the same time bearing witness to the way that what's around me is moving my body and it feels i mean it feels really good it feels really nice to just like be it's just like a total state of just without having to think and i have started recently practicing qigong and i found that that has helped a lot with my ecstatic dance practice because there's this the way that my qigong teacher is explaining it he's like you let your hands float up and away from your body and when you bring your hands together you're kind of uh squeezing energy in between your hands and then as you move them down you're allowing the energy to push it away so that it's a practice of surrender and the more surrendering happens the more stuff flows through and then it's just witnessing whatever is happening in my body and it's kind of fun at that point
0: very nice yeah i had an agenda when i asked that question because I'm really interested in that moment of ecstasy because like you said, the thoughts, like I'm not thinking it's just flowing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I really think that's the best way for me, at least in my experience to, to journey or to, mm-hmm. and there, a lot of things can do it, you know, cause I can do it through a prayer, but there's something mm-hmm. about like, just that almost frenzy you get into, and this might be an Odin thing, right? Like being whipped into that frenzy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like the stuff will just start coming, and I can just close my eyes, and I I'll just it gets me there. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and so I've been enjoying that quite a bit. Yeah. I do it with yeah, running and I fell off running and that has been fun getting back into. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. The, <laughs> oh, God. And that feels like, that feels like something that's baked into the universe as well, because there's like, there's so many of the ideas of like the sky and the earth separate from each other because it's so much fun to come back together. And like we separate from our lovers. And then when we come back together, like, that part is so fun. It's so fun to be apart from each other and be like longing and waiting. And in the moment that you're together again, you're like, this is great. So there's something about leaving and coming back to practices mm. that I think is just baked in.
0: I, you like, I will be one of those people that will say there is no coming back without leaving. hmm. It's all gratitude. Like, so when I'm feeling, when I can't see, I'll, you know, I'll have those days where I just can't see the forest for the trees mm-hmm. and I'm getting like sucked into every thought I'm having and I'm getting sucked into every drama that's happening in my life. And I'm getting, you know, like those times when you're meditating and, and you didn't even remember to breathe the whole time. Yeah the whole day can be like that
2: mm-hmm.
0: the act but then when I come home and I remember who I am and I remember like what this is it's just like you're describing it's it's what it's all about. And I was actually being sarcastic when I was talking about running, but I'm glad you said that because it it gets me to talk about this. <laughs> it's been brutal. But I do get the endorphins that like, I, it's almost like, I don't know why I was going to compare it to smoking. <laughs> like when you actually get a buzz from a cigarette because you haven't had a cigarette in so long. Oh, anyway, yeah. Oh. You know, it's like that. But, you know, I'm, I've been separated from that. So, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, I keep thinking about them, though. I'm oh like, yeah. Stop! I want to stop thinking about cigarettes now, please. Thank you, God. Yeah, I uh, I stopped smoking weed earlier this year. I haven't, Yeah, and that's one of those things too. I was like, I was so, I didn't drink for like a whole year, and then picked it back up a little bit, and then stopped drinking again. Um, and it it kind of coincided with stopping my ecstatic practice, and like everything kind yeah. of starts to pile up on top of each other. But definitely, and I. I actually went through a, I was in a coffee shop journaling the other day and I was kind of having a conversation with uh, my team, like in my journal. And I was like, why do I keep still wanting to like fall into just like smoking and drinking and smoking weed and like doing coke and like all of this stuff. Like just why do I still want this? And they're like, okay, let's do a thought experiment. Like uh, what happens if you sink all the way into it? Like what do you get from it? I'm like, surrender and they're like what do you get from your ecstatic practice I'm like surrender damn it Like <laughs> you guys are <laughs> and they're like what happens when you're like in the midst of substances and i'm like well i feel my heart and my soul up in my head and i am constantly trying to get it back down into my belly and they're like well that's it's in your belly when you're dancing anyways so like i'm mm. like oh, i i have this idea that i think that the deeper that I go with like drinking or drugs or like that kind of surrender that it will land me in the same place. And it doesn't, it never does. I know it doesn't. Why would I do it again?
0: (laughs) Well, I think there's an interesting thing because it does kind of do that, but it doesn't like, it doesn't, it's not um, lasting.
1: Yeah. It doesn't stick around in the same way.
0: Like, because all the things I do now just do, what hard like what meth or heroin did Mm
2: -hmm.
0: they just do those same things but it's over a long period of time and it's like it's obviously not as intense right but it allows it for me is the it's power
2: Mm -hmm.
0: it's access to power yeah. Because I needed, like, the reason I did those things was just because I needed, and we don't all do the drugs for the same reasons, obviously, but yeah, I can only speak from my experience. I needed the power to be comfortable in my own skin.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those things did that really well until I couldn't, like, leave my room or my bed. Mm-hmm. Like, I became so afraid to leave the room. Um, and, you know, that moment of surrender, when I said, like, I got nothing, like, I, like, help me. It mm-hmm. all came rushing in. Um, All the help came rushing in. So, in a way, yeah, it does lead to that. And I'm grateful that, like, I kind of went 100%. Yeah. <laughs> as crazy
1: yeah, as that might sound,
0: because kind of, it almost killed me, right? Kind but, like
1: flirt with it a little bit but going that whole hundred percent they're like all right here we go we're gonna pull you up out of this now Went all the way down there (laughs) and you
0: know i know people that that didn't happen with and so it's just total gratitude but like
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um but yeah it is so it's access to power for me and like but these The techniques that I've been learning over the past few years, just do it. Like I just mm-hmm. don't have any need because I. It's just a moot point. You know what I mean? Like I. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The um, and at that point, I mean, that's a, it's a different kind of access to power because if you can do it with your body, you always have your body with you.
0: Yes, and you know what is interesting is that what the drugs do, that. Is in your body. Like, yeah. your body is doing that. It is not the mm-hmm. drug doing that. You mm-hmm. are always able to do that. Like, that potentiality exists in you.
1: Yeah.
0: It's really interesting.
1: Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, you just have to let yourself do it.
0: Yeah. Kind of, which so, is so easy for an
1: well, angel to say, but like, come on, man. <laughs> right.
0: Like, I'm sure there's people that have reached levels of enlightenment where they can just bliss out like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like Yeah. You know, I also like choose to live a life. Yeah. You know, so like I could mm-hmm. go like and spend my whole life um in meditation and maybe mm-hmm. try to get to that, but like I'm like
1: I'm not going to do that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's one of the things that is uh that's one of the things that is enticing to me about healing is being able to be in that state with another person and getting to like then be in a state of gratitude for being able to be in this kind of like blissful state and having it bring healing into the world and getting to like witness that that's a big part of my um the like why of my ecstatic practice too is because the more you open, the more you surrender, the more you let stuff come through, the more healing energy that can come through you, too. And the more, so,
0: like, re- there really is something about adding people.
1: Mm-hmm. To,
0: like, and I don't know if it's a quantity thing, but even just one person, like. Um,
1: well, it's probably the angelic mind thing.
0: Well, yeah. And then I think it's. you get it's the like relationship showing up. Whatever the Holy Spirit is, it's that, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. which. Oh. Yeah, there's probably a connection there. But um, so, for an example, like when we, and I'll, you know, hopefully not busting out anyone's spot, but I think it's cool, probably. Um, when we did that, and we did an intention at Wizard Camp. Mm-hmm. And we've done like a lot of intentions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I'd only ever done them. On Zoom, which is cool for its own thing, like, and it, like, especially the distance, cr- like, weaving that web of that field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, there's something there for sure. Cause I get a lot of that imagery too of everyone like having beams of light between them and stuff. But, yep. um, there was something about it in person that blew my fucking socks off. Like, mm-hmm. I could, all I could do was cry. All I could do was cry because i it was just like I was overwhelmed with power. It's that same feeling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. And I get ideomotor tears when I know like I'm really talking to, well, I don't know, it's less now because I think I realize that it's happening all the time. But like sometimes when I'm getting a really clear communication, just tears will come and it's not even like I'm not even crying. Hmm. I'm just like tears.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: yeah. And it's one way to for me to really know, like, okay, this is a big deal. Like, pay attention to this. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. But so that that was like that, and then I'll give another example real quick. When um. I. Um, hung out with Kurt. Um, meeting him for the first time, like a maybe a couple months ago, uh, and we went to some effigy sites down here. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, we went and elevated a graveyard. Um, A pretty old graveyard, just kind of in the woods. But it was a cool adventure just finding it, right? But I had done a lot of graveyard elevations and praying in graveyards before. Mm -hmm. But adding just one person to that was like a supercharge. Yeah. So just going back to what you're saying, I can't remember exactly what you said that made me think about that, but you're talking about healing. Oh, yeah, and with another mm. person. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's the an interesting, it's it's the relationality thing. Again, like you can't really, it must be something interesting about two, two bodies specifically being together as well is something. And I don't know what it is about that that would be different because i've done intentions where it's like me calling in my ancestors and calling in my allies uh to so there is more than one being doing the intention even though it's just one body doing the intention yeah so it's it's interesting that it has something to do with bodies at least in our instance like i wonder what would happen if I asked the tree outside of my window to intend with me the next time I did that. And if it would feel the same way as having two bodies intending or two or more bodies.
0: Intending. I think it would probably be its own cool thing. Like that sounds like a yeah. great idea. eh?
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I've had angels to like, um, tell me to, to call them into intentions too.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah.
0: And that definitely I just will. kind of
1: leave that door open at this yeah, point.
0: Always. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um
0: that's a good one. Yeah, well, because okay. I don't know that it is different, but it feels different because
1: mm-hmm. well, that's probably the thing that's so interesting to beings without bodies is that difference. Because right. it does it feels different like when you when you touch you touch another another body there's something that happens that doesn't happen when it's just you and your body
0: right exactly like you can't tickle yourself like Mm -hmm. i mean maybe you can i don't know (laughs) you try it's pretty
1: fun to try (laughs) yeah it is
0: definitely (laughs) (laughs) well yeah and i think you know there's a feeling of touching a spirit that is definitely a feeling Mm -hmm. but it's not the same feeling
2: Mm
0: -hmm. um and that, So, yeah, it's not le- any more or less real, but it, it definitely is something like I've just noticed it in a lot of like, especially these past couple of years and going through a lot of time of just not having a lot of like physical, like not having a lot of like physical presence and ceremony. Mm-hmm. It is like made it so clear to me coming back to that. Like, oh, yeah, there is this is like something that is very important. Well, I I mean, uh,
1: yeah, that's that's how we lived for for so long. Like, I don't think I don't think that what you're saying is like a a, it's it's not something that would like shock any human (laughs) to sit down and think with. Like, yeah, Yeah. it does feel really good to be in the same space. (laughs) because I'm not
0: trying to knock like it's cool that we are able to have this conversation right now. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course.
0: But if, I think we, we could be
1: we could be grateful for this thing and want something else. But dude, like, if at you all could, times,
0: it would be even cooler if you were in this band. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
1: exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, it's not surprising to. to yeah, I think our, <laughs> my ancestors are probably laughing at me right now.
1: Yeah, I could like I can feel it from my altar. They're <laughs> like, duh, dude.
0: <laughs> but I think that's also part of the. Okay, because there's a lot that we've talked about that and this is right in the the part of the show where I start to think what's doing this. Um, (laughs) Okay. Disconnection from our bodies, which can't even really be done unless I, unless I am led to believe that that is possible. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Right. Like I have to, like I'm co-creating reality. Like I'm a reality engine. And so I, Okay, this is where I say, you know, people that are like, we live in a simulation. Mm -hmm. You don't need a simulation. Because if I can be made to believe that I'm in a simulation, I'm effectively like having the experience of being in one. And therefore, Mm -hmm. like, so like I. you know what i'm saying like
1: (laughs) like, yeah yeah it's the story whatever story that you tell yourself is the story that's going on
0: right and so if i'm being told that i'm disconnected from everything then i am disconnected from everything like if i am if i am able to if i fall into that because i am being Mm -hmm. told that all the time now i just say no that's not the case
1: yeah it's like nope
0: yeah i'm not like our condoms man
1: yeah. These
0: archons want to interpose themselves between everything. And what is an archon? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what that that's what that gets me sometimes because, like, a uh, um, one of the angels that I talked to, he was saying he's talking about how the archons. Came from, or the but, but like the demiurge comes from Sophia, who fell from, uh, fell from the all up there, yeah. and it's like, well, what's above that? and They're mm. like, what's above the archons? What did the archons come from? And they're like, just remember that and sit with it. And they're like, but also you're on Earth. The archons are real. You do have to live there. So like, yeah. hold both of those truths. But I I continue to have the. I come back to the entirety of the universe, which includes the archons, is playing with itself. It's just trying to experience everything. And from our perspective, like, there's some fucked up shit going on. like, why the fuck is that? But it, it's part of the game that the universe is playing with itself. It's- and it's it was really weird to get into the mindset of some of the people that I would consider to be archonic. And then I kind of sat with it. I'm like, what if they are doing the greatest good that they know how to do from their hearts? And to us, it just looks really fucked up. But from them, this is how they love. And I'm like, uh, I'm mm. like that it like it creates so much dissonance in my body to sit with it. But it was like it felt like a good thing to sit with.
0: Yeah. I um, like to um Try to offer meta to the Archons. That's a really interesting thing to do, too. Oh,
1: that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You were about to say something. I think I interrupted you.
1: No, I... It's a... One of the things that helped me think with this was the idea of, like, we we come to Earth as, like, Earth school. And everyone comes down here to, like, learn... Or, like, you get to play a game. And the game that you want to play requires there to be different characters in it. Like, in order... To have the experience of healing, first we need to be sick. Um, And in order to have the experience of, like, battling the Archons, there need to be Archons. And, like, in order for the world to shift the way that it needs to, there needs to be something that starts the shift. Which could be, like, people getting pissed off enough that they're going to do something about it. But in order for them to be pissed off, they need to have someone or something to be pissed off at. And it was this weird moment of like giving gratitude to the overlords for coming to earth to be these people that everyone is just fucking pissed at.
0: Very well. Yeah. It's difficult. Though. I'm um, still pissed at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, I like what you said a lot. I'm, I like that you're on that Gnostic shit too. Like, mm-hmm. Um, there's a line in the, the Holy Book of the Great Invisible Spirit, also known as the Gospel of the Egyptians, um, mm. that says that the powers of this earth are destined to be reconciled, mm. which is interesting from like destined to be thrown into the lake of fire, right? Like they're destined to be reconciled. hmm and what if that's how they become reconciled is by acting out what they're acting out. Just mm-hmm. like a disease is an expression of an impurity or an, uh, something, uh, uh, a falling out of balance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the disease is the expression of that leaving the world or leaving the body Mm -hmm. and that's been really helpful for me to think with that the archons are an expression of something that has to leave the world but and that's just what that looks like
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: or that has to go away you know like there's some seems to be something about destruction in this realm in this experience in mm-hmm. this in this place yeah that is well you know you talked about death and birth yeah, yeah. destruction exactly. and creation there's it seems to be a feature
1: yeah definitely definitely a feature well i mean you need the this is making me think of uh like You need to lose something in order for the space to open up for something new to come in. Like you have to, there must be destruction of a thing in order for new stuff to come in. Yeah, I think it is. It's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. Everything that's going on. Like you even see it, I mean, like decomposing the stuff decomposes for new stuff to come back out of the earth.
0: Right, and for that, um, for that energy to be transmuted, maybe it's a mercy, you know. Um, I yeah, I I try to, and I like the, you, what you said because, I think that act of looking at something from a different perspective, well, for one thing, I know it changed my life, completely, <laughs> completely, right.
1: Mm -hmm. Like stepping
0: from self pity to gratitude is Mm -hmm. like the most transformative thing that's ever happened to me.
1: Oh, yeah, yep.
0: And I am not like I definitely have to give credit where credit is due to spirit for that. Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't have come up with that on my own, I don't think. (laughs) Well, I hadn't so far, you know. Yeah, I was just gonna keep doing what I was doing. Um, Yeah. yeah, so this world. Philip K. Dick called it the Black Iron Prison
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it can be that yeah definitely If, but I'm I have to see it that way Like I have to make it that and so the Archons I think like one of the ways to really like because you can't fight them because mm-hmm. if you like directly because if you fight them directly you become Anarchon,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: like, if it's just the, I I'm, I'm on the Philip K. Dick uh, train of thought, right? If I defeat the Empire, I become the Empire. Mm-hmm. Like, to fight the Empire is to become deranged with this mad with its madness.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, we have to come up with these cunning ways to do it. And I think that's one of them is disarming them with gratitude. Mm-hmm. because they don't understand it yeah and maybe that's yeah. building a heart for Aramon. you know as um, uh, that conversation between Connor Habib and Gordon White was like
2: mm-hmm.
0: really been great to think with it is like I know it's it's almost a cliche right but it's like sticking that flower in the gun
2: mm-hmm. you know Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And so like I choose not to be in the Black Iron Prison. I choose to be in the palm tree garden. Mm -hmm. And that's where I am, you know? Yeah. But it's all it's it's all my perspective. Mm -hmm. Because they're the same place.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Choosing choosing to live joyfully and pleasurably in exactly where you are, like right now. And just like making making the choice to do it is yeah, I mean that's that is that is the way that I have found to work. And it if I'm not doing it, then I fall back in and when I start doing it again, I come back up. So it seems yeah. to be the thing that works. That that's it definitely fits with chaos magic rules. Like it works, so keep doing it.
0: <laughs> well, and there's an awareness piece to it, right? Because And this is another thing that the angels like to say or tell me is that they've been stressing a lot to me, the power that exists in the moment in Mm. this moment. And that's like all the power is in this moment.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And like, that's where we are and that's where they are. And Mm -hmm. the endless now, whatever you want to call it, like that, But I have to have awareness to be in that because the moment I start to like lose a sense of awareness, I go other places. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. But yeah, they seem to be stressing to me the power that exists like right where I am at the time I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I know that's for my benefit, right? Because there's no time, like, but (laughs) (laughs) or it's like not linear at least. That mm-hmm. I think is like a C, yeah. As well, yeah. I see yeah. it
1: like ge- geographically, time geographically. So the place that you're in, that oh, makes more sense to me. Nice. That was that was a Gordon a Gordon thing. He said that and I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm like I'm just gonna start walking around time now. That makes a tons of sense to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. He's good about that.
1: Yeah, yep. (laughs) Yeah, the like having the awareness of the moment that you're in right now. So that is the thing that's required in order for you to make the choice. Right. And the choice is the thing, the choice is the thing that leads to your experience of the world, like choosing to be in a world filled with joy. It comes from the choice, you have to make the choice to do and it have, and if you, you know,
0: don't have the awareness no like I, I constantly have to come back to it and I think that's mm-hmm. a part of like them when they say like remember to call us in it's that
1: mm-hmm. yeah because they help, they help with that when you leave the door open for them to come back through and remind you that you are in a world of joy they help with the remembering but they can't help you unless you ask so then you have to Remember to ask, which is why for um, a lot of my daily prayers, I just I started saying, let there be no limit to how you may help me for my highest good. I just open the doors. I'm like, you are invited to the day. Please help. I gladly accept it.
0: It's a wonderful way to start the day.
1: It's just following, following, following angels. I do it with ancestors, too, because.
0: Yeah. It makes sense to
1: also ask for the ancestors to just help. Please, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I do as well. And calling specific types of ancestors Mm -hmm. is something that I learned from uh Reverend Janglebone's ancestor course. Yeah. That was it's been one of the most indispensable things I've learned, I think.
1: Yeah, that totally transformed my practice this year that was that was good stuff good stuff came out of that course
0: yeah I, it's really good i recommend it to anybody um and like you can get so creative with that mm-hmm. right um which makes me think maybe i should do that with angels too can i do that with specific types of angels too
1: oh yeah 100 that's a um, uh sonia choquette is um She's the author of this book called Trust Your Vibes, and which was, I think, one of the first magic books that I started reading. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, her whole thing is that you pray to all of the different kinds of angels, like you call on the angels of like booking airline tickets to get you the best deal on an airline ticket, or like the angels of gardening to help you with gardening. And that started to click some stuff in for me with uh, like sitting and wondering like, well, how did human beings learn how to do this if we didn't have like science or something? Like we asked and then we're told how to do it through our bodies and then we did it.
0: Yeah. they. I think they told us all this. I mean, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because I do wonder too about like the darker side of some angels, right? Like like those mm-hmm. angels of empire
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you know I, that's one of those things um where that's maybe just my limited vision
1: mm-hmm. right
0: like the like beings that are engaged in affairs that i have no idea about right like yeah. i couldn't comprehend well
1: that comes back to the whole idea of they're a necessary part of the game And they have to have what looks to us like a neutral morality in order to be part of the universe that is playing this game that includes Archons and Empire for reasons that I don't understand, but
2: yeah.
1: It's part of the game that's getting played. Like the so so much of like so much of what I like doing, like wanting to become like working with healing, like so much of this wouldn't happen if there weren't people that were sick from empire. Like, mm. yeah, it's necessary, <laughs> which is weird to to sit with, being like it's necessary to have angels of empire. But yeah, I can't pretend to understand what's going on. I just try to make peace with it.
0: Yeah, and accept it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes wonder about being conditioned not to surrender Mm -hmm. because it seems to me that surrender is actually a gateway through which I am able to move more freely in the world.
1: You're like surrendering to the path that opens before you. When the angels explained it to me, they brought to mind how much fun it is to put together. I don't know if you've ever put together like one of those like big Lego things like Like the the Death Star, the Millennium Falcon, like one of those big ones where like you got to sit down with like the instruction booklet and put the pieces together. That's really fun. You're following an instruction booklet. Mm. It's leading you down this path. and At the end of it, you have this wonderful thing that you've created. And it was from following instructions. But it's not like giving your power away to the Lego booklet. It's just picking up breadcrumbs and putting the things together as they come up.
0: This is really good. I'm gonna have to do some of that, calling the specific angels, because I do it with the ancestors, and it's great.
1: Oh, one of the fun ones to do is angels parking, angels oh, yeah. parking spots.
0: Yeah, oh, that's great for me. That because was, that's
2: like
1: that started a feedback loop for me when it like when it works, and you're like, oh, okay, I guess there's something to this. Yep, angels parking spots, and it's, and it's, one, it's a good. It, it seems like mundane, a, a but it's.
0: Okay, and I do that like I park pretty much all day. Like that's what I do for this mm-hmm. park. And so, <laughs> right because I deliver food, so yeah, yeah, that's my day job. My day job is parking. It's parking. <laughs> 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 well, like half of it's driving and half of it's parking. Yeah, um, but that's c- cool because I actually had an experience uh, where I was having a really like just slow night, and I needed money,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and. I was just getting bummed and like, no, like I'd had to, I didn't have to, but I chose to like drop a couple orders because I waited at the restaurants for so long. And it was just like, it's a waste of my time. Like, and then I'm like, well, should I have done that? And I'm in my head. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm just having one of those days. It's just a day at work. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It can happen in any manner of ways, but so I'm driving and I'm like, all right, Angels, I need to make a little bit of money tonight. It was, I didn't even need to make that much. It was already late.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I was like, can you please help me to get like just a good order to cap mm-hmm. off the night, to hit my goal? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I got one that was like on the face of it, just really good, but it was, Going to the same place that had just had a really long wait. Like they were just super busy, right? And like, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, okay, I'm accepting it. But I had to think about it, right? And it was mm-hmm. like, so I take it. And I go, and they're really busy. But there's a woman walking up at the same time as me. And we just kind of like <laughs> say hey and just kind of casually chatting right and she's like we're both kind of standing there and she's waiting for food too i don't know if she was doing the same thing i was doing or if she was just had takeout food but she goes in and asks she basically like just barged in and was like hey where's the shit and um which is something that i don't really do i just kind of like wait Mm -hmm. But I could have waited there for 45 minutes if she hadn't have gone in there and been like, hey, where's the shit? And then what they brought out was, oh, and then when they came out, she was like, he was first. And they bring me the orders and I'm gone Mm -hmm. in like two minutes, whereas I could have been standing there for 45 minutes becoming further demoralized. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking away and I'm like, oh, shit. thanks (laughs) (laughs) y'all like you sent this person that didn't even probably know they were doing it right mm -hmm. which brings me to another good idea that isn't one of mine but came to me is that the more i pray and the more that i'm plugged into that source of power whatever it is if i'm a channel like i love the Mm -hmm. prayer of saint francis for this because it's like Mm -hmm. make me an instrument of your peace then I'm able probably to be that for people in ways that I don't even know is happening. Like she was for me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like I think listening to those intuitions and following them, I might not even understand the purpose for it on that level that the angels are able to see where it's like fitting into all these places, like all these things mm-hmm. are, hooking, are hooking up. It's just, it's just something that it's good to remember.
1: Yeah. Definitely, the joy of being part of the tapestry—just like do this thing. It's like, okay, I just work here.
0: Yeah. So tell me about your Twitch stream.
1: Oh, um, I've started streaming on Twitch. Um, my username is Planet Destroyer fifty four. So it's at Twitch TV slash Planet fifty um, four. I am doing geomancy and playing cards and oracle readings for people the the way that I started streaming on twitch my dad came up to visit me and we were sitting in a coffee shop and I did a card reading for him and he asked me if I thought that I could do this like for other people and I like hesitantly I was like yeah I mean I'm not like a professional but I could definitely practice it and he he has been nerding out on, uh, on, like, Flight Simulator and Twitch streamers who play Flight Simulator also. So he has, like, all of this Twitch knowledge that I didn't have. He's like, do you think that you can stream it on Twitch? And this idea just started, like, it just took off and just started spinning its wheels, like, between us. It felt very much like ancestors and angels being like, here you go, do this thing. Just follow the breadcrumbs. And I got... um, So we left there and went to the card shop so that I could get... I wanted to get an oracle deck that had uh, more, like, mundane uh, messages in it. Because the only one that I have right now is the Shaman's Dream Oracle. And I'm like, not everyone that comes to me on Twitch is going to be like, what is my spirit quest? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh... so I asked the shop, I asked the, the dude that owns the shop, which Oracle deck he thought would be the best for that. He's like, uh, I don't know. He's like, we're like a spiritual shop. Like, aren't you on a spiritual path? I'm like, I am. But the people I'm reading cards for might not be. So he pulls up this, um this tree, tree deck. It's just got, yeah, it should be like the tree transformation cards he's like maybe this one but i usually like to let the decks like answer the question and so um he pulls the cards out and he kind of spreads them out and he has me pick one and i pull it and it's the maple tree and on it it says like if you're starting a new business endeavor maple is assigned to go ahead and do the thing maple is very much grounded in the earth and not so much concerned with the esoteric nature of things i'm like Jesus Christ, like that's exactly what I wanted. My dad sitting there, like having the same, he's like, Oh my God, did that card really just say that? Like, yes, this is how my life goes. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome to what synchronicity looks like. So, yeah, it was very cool. And it was, it was fun. I feel like it's bringing my, uh, it's bringing, my relationship with my dad to a place that it hasn't been in before. Cause we kind of, we had like a falling out when I was younger. So this very much feels like a coming back together, which tastes like ancestors.
0: Absolutely. And really good to hear too. I'm always Mm -hmm. glad to hear about that. Cool. So when can people um, tune into that? When are you streaming?
1: I, I have my schedule up on, that, at, at that link, and sometimes it changes from week to week. But yeah. I I like the five to seven Pacific time most. So.
0: I like Twitch because that. I always only ever knew it as a like streaming for games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like my favorite thing I found was this guy called Therapy Gecko, and he oh. just dresses like a gecko and does call in people. Just call in and ask questions. Oh, that's great. Just, like Talk to them about their questions. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like public access. This is like the, our, um, like public access for our time, you know, mm-hmm. um, and call in stuff. I love call in stuff. So mm-hmm. that's just, I was excited to hear you're doing that. It's really cool. Um Yeah. Do you have any other, like, any other things you want to tell people about?
1: I'm. I am eventually launching a sub stack with some of the angel writings. They keep pushing me to do that, but that is not going to happen until after Mercury retrograde is over. So,
0: Yeah. Good call.
1: Um, Yeah. Uh, other than that, eventually one day I will be a somatic sex educator. So <laughs> that will be a thing very far, not very far in the future, but at some point in the future that I can be talked to about. Even now, I like could be talked to about that. Come ask me your sex questions.
0: Hell yeah, very cool. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, this was great. I had
0: a great time. <laughs> and uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.
1: Yes, you too.
0: Do you experience weird shit? Do your parents not like to tell their friends about what you do in the woods? Do you make more friends in a graveyard than you do at a party populated by living humans? Do you have interactions with beings that are not strictly considered human? Do other people look at you like you're crazy when you mention talking to trees in casual conversation? If you fist-pumped or even just answered yes to any of these questions... You may be a Nightbird. So let's sing together. If you'd like to come on the show and flap your gums with me, share your stories, or just talk about the malleable nature of reality for a while, then send me an email at tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. That's tim at nightbirdpodcast.com. I'd love to have you on the show. But until then, I gotta fly. But before I go, let me say this. Remember, you are never alone. I believe you.